0: Talks, a chat with Finance Malta is the podcast series that gives you short, thoughtful, and regular insights from leading experts of the financial services industry. I'm Vanessa MacDonald. Welcome. Philip, thank you very much for speaking to Finance Malta. This is so interesting because I think it's the first time I've, I've actually done an interview with a depository. Perhaps it might be worth explaining. What is the difference between a custodian and a depository?
1: Sure, of course. First of all, thank you for having me. Uh, uh, To put it uh, as as simply as I can, uh, a custodian protects and takes care of the fund's assets or, or even sometimes in the case of institutional clients of the client's assets, whereas the depository has, I would say, a much wider role and protects the investors. Uh, protects the investors, making sure that not only the assets are being safe, safe kept, but also provides oversight over what the fund manager is doing, just to make sure that all the necessary and important uh, duties are, are checked, that the, the, the distribution side is is done in compliance with the law, that the, the investment limits are observed, and basically keeps an eye on what the fund manager is doing just to make sure that uh, the investors and their interests are not harmed.
0: In the past, there used to be quite a, a rigid line between the one and the other. Is it getting sort of fudged? Are there bits in the middle now which are where they overlap more
1: definitely i mean the, 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 the depository role was was the, sort of the, the demarcation line was the, was the AFMD, especially in the in the alternative space of course which which didn 't have much regulation beforehand and and depositories became their role and their their, their tasks became clearly defined in in two thousand and eleven when the directive was first introduced so uh, at at uh, in twenty fourteen, I think uh, the 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 usage five directive was also implemented, extending those duties to the to the depositories of usage funds, just to make sure that the investors of alternative funds are not protected better than the ones in the in the open ended usage structures. So definitely, right now the 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 roles are being, I would say, more uh, aligned. Uh, and in any case, if you're, if you're setting up a fund structure, you require a depository, which in many cases is at the same time the custodian, but that, that's of course not always the case.
0: When you actually go to the MFSA, they've got three different categories. Um, there's the depository, a depository light, and a depository method, which I understand uh, you are. But what is the distinction between the, the three categories? Of course. Well,
1: basically what I can say is the depository bank is the, is the old custodian that now provides the, the depository services as well. Uh, the depository light, uh, which sometimes gets confused a bit with regards to, to entities that are required to provide services for non-EU funds being distributed in in Europe, is basically a depository of a lighter regime as the as it says on the on the tin uh, that can provide services to a specific group of funds meaning that funds that are closed ended and uh, and that, that they can so they, their units cannot be redeemed uh, and do not hold any uh, liquid assets or listed securities so in that regard depository lights will never be a custodian uh, whereas the the depository the full depository be it a bank or a MiFID licensed firm such as such as q securities uh, provides the the full depository experience, so to speak. The the difference between depository bank and uh, and the depository with the MIFID license, as 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 we are, uh, is the fact that well, of course, as a, as not being a bank, we cannot provide banking services. So, but with regards to I would say the depository duties, with that regard, our role is very much the same as as a, as for a depository bank.
0: It's very interesting because I was reading uh, one of the the interviews given by um, by Q Securities and. You have defined your core as being um, alternative investment funds, which are below 100 million. Is that correct? Is that the same in Malta? Uh,
1: I would say that this is maybe not deriving from regal regulations or any any restrictions that we might have. We are perfectly happy in servicing With, with, more. Bigger, funds, <laughs> with bigger ones, yes. But our core DNA was, uh, uh, especially when we branched out to Luxembourg first, providing services to uh, emerging funds, emerging fund managers, which had trouble finding a depository because they were too small for banks and they couldn't go to the to the depository light and they couldn't go for the depository light option because, of course, they were either open-ended or had at least some part of their portfolio invested in listed securities. In that regard, we, we view ourselves a bit as, you know, uh, a knight in a shining armour helping those funds find a depository and help them set up a structure that could be distributed in, in the EU.
0: Okay, that's um, super interesting and of course uh, you have a presence not only in, in uh, Poland but also in Luxembourg and now in Malta, but obviously it's much more interesting for us here at Finance Malta to discuss the local scenario. So. Um, I looked at the multi-financial services annual report and whereas in 2020 there were 525 collective investment schemes that went down in 2021 to 503 which is actually not that much of a difference um, particularly when you take into account the fact that during the COVID years there was a little bit of a a cleaning exercise of those which were dormant or non-existent. Do you is it an exciting market for you? Uh, is it a big enough market even for you to have a presence here? How do you see it going forward?
1: I would say the, 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 we are most excited about the potential of Malta. We strongly believe that uh, jurisdictions that are and have been for many years the primary choice for fund managers uh, that are uh, that are intending to set up a fund to distribute them in the, in the European Union, meaning Luxembourg and Ireland, require a competitive alternative and there's really no other jurisdiction as equipped uh, as malta uh, to serve as this uh, alternative to 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 luxembourg and ireland so we see uh, malta as a market especially with regards to the fund industry as a market on the rise bouncing back from from the gray listing and then the degree gray listing in in last year and uh, we want to help Malta realise its potential as, as, a, as another option for fund managers, especially those emerging fund managers that I mentioned, that are still having troubles finding not only the right jurisdiction for their fund, but uh, basically the option to, to grow and to, to achieve success.
0: Philip, I don't know if you've had chance to have a look at the uh, financial services strategy, uh, which was launched recently by the Malta Financial Services Advisory Council. Um, you is there some is there something in that strategy which struck you as being uh, you know, easing bottlenecks, which would help more of this business.
1: I will say that what what was one of the factors that made us decide to branch out into Malta as well was uh, not only the um, I would say the the approach and and uh, the intent on the level of the of the market players, but also the uh, the intent of the of the regulator itself, the MFSA, as well as the the Malta Financial Services Advisory Council, to actually help. The market grow and to identify the reasons that are blocking the growth of the of the Maltese fi- f- finance market, especially with regards to to the to the fund sector. And I think in both the the MFSA strategy document as well as the uh, MSAC document, the the fact that there is not enough competition on the depository market and there is a need for more depositories to be present here and to offer the services to Maltese funds uh, was was noted by us definitely. We are very much aligned. With with what the regulators are saying, uh, and we we share that view that that more depositories are are needed, and not only Q securities, but but definitely more players in order to to make sure that this is really a competitive environment that helps the funds uh, grow here.
0: One of the biggest problems we have is that we are still a small jurisdiction um, in terms of all of these funds, etc., and that, if I can touch on a very sore point for the MFSA, there is no depository passporting. Would that not help? I mean, the the reason that companies do not open up here is because there's not possibly yet enough business for them. But wouldn't passporting have provided a solution?
1: Definitely. I mean, uh, you could say that we are sort of, uh, at securities we're sort of using the depository passport by opening branches in, in jurisdictions where we believe there is potential for growth. So we're sort of bypassing the fact that there is no depository passport. Of course, it would be much easier if, if the regulators in, in Europe allowed that to, to happen. Although I, I, I'm of the opinion, even though I try to be an optimist in, in my personal life and my, my business life as well. But I, I believe that um, uh, I wouldn't be too optimistic about depository passport in its full, full essence, uh, allowing like, for example, for uh, alternative investment fund managers to open up and manage funds throughout Europe, uh, that it won't probably happen for depositories. But uh, can you even can
0: you have a single market without it? I mean, it course. just seems.
1: Of course, I mean, the, I, it's such I, a
0: crucial piece, I, the missing piece fully, of the puzzle, which has been described as.
1: I fully agree that this is uh, this is something that is definitely blocking the the growth of a, a lot of fund jurisdictions. I'm not only talking about Malta, but there are countries which have uh, a desperate need for for more depositories, even even if they don't want to be a hub for investment funds, but rather they want to grow their own local market. In some markets, uh, like Spain, the, the the choice is limited, just a few players, which of course does not uh, provide enough competition and and decreases the growth of the whole market. So I strongly believe that this is the right thing to do. I'm just worried that uh, the the European regulator might not share this opinion.
0: It seems like a great shame, but one other aspect of this is also that uh, the people that you are tailored, you know, working for are people within the European Union. How does it work with jurisdictions outside Europe? I mean, with
1: regards to jurisdiction outside Europe, of course. Uh, again, this is something that Brexit, of course. I mean, yeah, the, that would, right now, of course, UK is a is a third country within the, the understanding of the AFMD. Now, I mean, of course, uh, there has been talk about equivalence and about uh, extending the the benefits of AFMD to third countries. But again, I think the there is a. I would say a struggle between uh, the approach of of increasing competition as much as you can, making sure that the investors in Europe have access to various types of fund managers, various types of fund strategies, to make sure that the best option wins. Uh, and the, the on the other part of that struggle is the I would say a need to protect the market, protect your own jurisdiction. Now that of course is. Is in conflict with with the capital markets union and with uh, with allowing all the investors in europe equal rights with regards to to access to to funds uh, but uh, as we can see uh, not always the, the 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 drive for competition and drive for for making uh, as many options available to investors in europe wins
0: <laughs> well it can be an interesting space to watch um with regards to q securities itself what are your future plans i mean now you've got three very different jurisdictions. What uh, what do you see in the future?
1: Well, we definitely view uh, these these three jurisdictions. I mean, Poland is our home jurisdiction. I mean, where we are, we are one of the top two uh, fund depositories there. We aim to secure that position. In Luxembourg, the the branch is is, is still growing. It's 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 a very dynamic growth. But we, we aim to uh, to be, to be become one of the the more established players on the depository market there. And of course. In Malta, we're just starting, as as you mentioned, we, we received the license only late uh, February, but uh, I already have reasons to believe that that this will be a success as well, uh, and I, I I again I can think I can see that um, the enthusiasm of all the, the the players here, both on the uh, the regulator's side and on, on the on the service provider side, uh, gives me reason to believe that we will help and do our part in becoming and helping Malta become uh, the next alternative fund jurisdictions of choice.
0: Well, that's extremely welcome news. Thank you very much, Philip. Thank you. That's all for today. Subscribe now to the FinTalks and follow Finance Malta on all social media platforms to stay updated with all our activities. Till the next podcast.